Go ahead and get your Bibles out. Get ready to receive from the Word of God tonight. I've got a message that's exploding in my heart. And I'm telling you, let tonight be your night for a miracle. In Jesus' name. So open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to talk about something that's really, really foundational in walking free from fear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants you to live a life free from fear. He wants fear eradicated in your life. So we're going to look at a big principle, and that principle is this. To walk free from fear, you have to know, as we've said, perfect love casts out fear. You have to know that the God of heaven loves you and he cares for you enough and he's with you and will see you through what you're facing. All the way to the other side to the victory that we have in him. But listen, church, it's not enough to know that perfect love casts out fear. You have to be able to respond to this, and this is how you do it. You have to learn as a child of God to travel light. We are not to worry or stress or fret about anything. We are not to carry any cares or burdens in our life. We are to roll all of our care upon the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus, because he will work them all out. He is who turns it around. So we have to learn how to cast our care upon the Lord. And we're going to talk about that tonight, how to do that. In your Bible here, in 1 Peter chapter 5, in verse 6, it says this, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. It tells you here as we break this verse down, to humble yourself. This Greek word humble, translated humble in the English language, it literally means to deliberately lower yourself in, in estimation of someone who is greater in order to obtain help from them. You have to make a decision that I'm going to deliberately lower myself. In other words, I am going to make a decision to stop trying to carry this care and I'm going to give it to the Lord. Remember, humility literally is, is, is literally knowing the truth. Pride is living a lie. But we want to live in the truth. So humble yourself. Notice God, there's not one scripture in the Bible that will say God will humble you as his child. It always tells you to humble yourself. Under the mighty hand of God. That means humble yourself under the manifested power of God that he may exalt you. This word exalt literally means to lift you above your circumstances in due time. Remember, we receive all the promises of God through faith and patience. So we have to know that. 
We humble ourselves. So now the biggest way to humble yourself is to be a doer of the Word of God. Tonight, as you're in your houses, wherever you are on this Wednesday night, wherever you are, make a decision that I'm going to have ears to hear. Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Ears to hear means that you put the Word of God and reverence it and honor it and respect it above everything else in your life. You give God's Word your undivided attention. You keep it ever before your eyes and keep it in the midst of your heart. When you do that, it's the hearer that's blessed because he continues in the Word. He becomes a doer of the Word. Humbling yourself, the biggest way to humble yourself is to be a doer of God's Word. Whenever you submit to the Word of God, it will always work for you. The Word of God always works when you work it. But here's the situation, church, and this is why we get everything together. There's many who don't know how to cast their care on the Lord. So they need to ask us for help. Some people need help learning how to roll their care over on the Lord. And those of us who have been walking with the Lord and have learned that need to help those others that might be being crushed from a burden or a care in their life and they don't know how to roll it over, so we simply need to help them in that. We must be a church that is ready to help one another. And I believe at Faith Family Church we are. I want to encourage you in that. Remember 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. We've been talking a lot about this. In 2 Timothy 3, 1, it says, This know also in the last or final days perilous times shall come. Well, here I'm here to tell you that the perilous times are here. Dangerous, difficult, strength-reducing times will come. We need to make sure our brothers and sisters in Christ have the ability to where they know they're in an environment where we can help them roll their care over on the Lord. So let's continue with 1 Peter 5. Let's look at verse 7 now, because now it's going to tell us how to humble ourselves, how that looks. We humble ourselves by casting all your care, not some of it, but all. And this is why people need help sometimes, because they don't know how to cast all of it. We think, well, maybe, you know, I'll try to work out this part, but this part I can't handle, so I'll cast that. It doesn't work that way. If you're carrying the care, God can't work it out. So we have to learn to give it to him. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So I really want to break this down. Let's break this verse down. This Greek word casting, it's a Greek technical word that can only be used one way. This word was used to describe an individual that was carrying a load that was so heavy, it was too much for him, it was crushing him, it was a load that he could not carry. 
It's too heavy for a person to carry. This person would call for someone to bring him a beast of burden, usually a donkey, could be a camel, something like that, and he would literally be able to roll that crushing burden over, that crushing weight over onto that animal. Now, in this Greek word casting, realize when he would roll this over on this animal that could easily carry it, in other words, in the same way that things crush us because we're not designed, our bodies aren't designed to handle stress. You're not made to worry. It messes everything up. So Jesus is our beast of burden. He's like, listen, humble yourselves under my mighty hand by casting, rolling the whole of your care over on me, your beast of burden. And here's the thing, church, when you roll it over, it doesn't mean the burden's gone. You can still see it, you're just not being crushed by it anymore. So you can get back at rest and in faith so that you can walk in the victory. But here's the thing. It says, casting all of your care. We really have to break down this word care. This word care in the Greek is amazing. It's the Greek word merimna. And this is what it means. It means stress, it means you're fretting, you're worrying, you have anxiety that is bringing disruption to your mind and your personality. It's describing, this Greek word is describing something that inwardly is dividing you. Now, when you think of divide, though, it's not cutting really nice and neat. It's tearing. This word describes something that is tearing and dividing you where it leaves the edges frayed. In other words, care, a care, any care, is something that tears you up and frays your emotions. This word in the Greek is most often used to describe a threat that has not yet occurred. This word describes something that says to you, what if? What if I touch the handle of a doorknob and somebody with this virus has touched it before? What if I can't pay my bills and what if they, I lose my house and, I, and I'm on the street and I have no job and what if this, this thing that's in my body, these, this sickness or disease that I'm facing, what if it gets worse? This is a care. It tears. It divides. It literally describes something. It means to distract you because it's pulling you in different directions. It's tearing your emotions. It looks like this. I wanted to use this as an example. We have this towel, but a care is something, it doesn't just cut, it tears. It tears. It frays your emotions. What am I going to do? I don't know that this is ever going to work out. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it's dividing and it's tearing until this is what your emotions look like. Church, Jesus loves you so much, 
He doesn't want your emotions torn and divided. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Carrying cares will bring, it'll bring trouble into every arena of your life because many are walking around like this. And I say no more. We who know the Lord are at peace. And we're going to humble ourselves by casting the whole of our care on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. So I want you to look at this verse, 1 Peter 5, 7. I'm going to quote it in the Amplified Classic Version. It brings out this parenthetical definition of these Greek words really, really well, in my opinion. In the Amplified, it says this, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on Him. Why? For He cares for you affectionately and he cares about you watchfully god is saying to us church let me be your beast of burden casting the whole of your care on him means that you don't worry you know right now i'm being stirred in my spirit there might be someone or maybe multiple people watching right now where it seems like a panic attack, an anxiety attack is coming on you from time to time because of all of this. Well, in Jesus' name, we break that power right now. Be free from panic attacks and anxiety attacks in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Receive that tonight if that's you. We need to realize that we have this ability to stir up worry. What we do is you have the ability to reach down in your emotions and find something that will tear you. And we can't allow that to happen anymore. Worry affects your perspective. Worry affects your thought life. Worry affects your ability to communicate properly. It, it, it just messes with your whole life. And realize this, stress is worry, which is really embedded in fear. And God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. Your faith can't work if you refuse to stop feeling sorry for yourself. Your faith cannot work if you have a whine in your voice. So it's time to get your eyes off the problem, to roll the care over on the Lord, get help from brothers and sisters if you need to, but get this handled, and it's time for you to get your eyes on the Word of God, get your eyes on Jesus, Realize he's with you, he's for you, he loves you, he cares for you, his eyes are upon you, his ears are open to your cry, and get ready to walk in victory as never before. God cannot carry or work on what you are carrying and working on.
you must get to a place where you say, so what? You need to get to a place where you literally say, you have no idea, Satan, how much I don't care. I would encourage you, church, that is something that I say a lot. When the enemy speaks to me, I tell him, listen, Satan, you don't know. You can't even know how much I don't care about that. Now listen, church, here's, here's the deal. During these times, we comply with the CDC. So, you know, when Satan comes and he whispers in your ear that, oh my gosh, you're not going to make it through this storm. First thing you say, listen, Satan, in the name of Jesus, first of all, you got to be six feet away from me. That's a joke. No, you use the name of Jesus and the word of God. You have authority over the enemy. Hallelujah. I thought that was pretty funny. Anyway, praise God. Let's go keep your finger in 1 Peter chapter 5 because we're going to be going through and breaking down verses 6 through verse 9 tonight. That's going to be the sermon, the whole message. But I want you, while we're looking at this first verse, or, or verse 7, casting the whole of your care on the Lord, I want you to see something. So hold your finger in 1 Peter 5, but jump over to Galatians chapter 6 in verse 2. Because it brings out something in a couple verses in Galatians where it shows us how we need to help each other. In Galatians 6, 2, it says, bear one another's burdens. Now, this Greek word for burdens means a weight so heavy that it is devastating and crushing and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? You love each other as he loves you. So this word burden, it's, it means it's so heavy, it's crushing a person. In other words, this person that this verse is talking about is not in a position to cast this burden on the Lord. This person needs help to get to a place to where they roll that burden and care over on the Lord. God will use people. Remember, when you're carrying a burden and you're being crushed by it, you're not thinking straight. You have a wrong perspective. It's like you're drunk. And God will use people to get you out of this drunken state where you are and help you cast your care on the Lord so that you can now think soberly and clearly. People, all, all, everybody, we're all in the process of being changed and transformed. God progressively develops his children. So we who have been walking with the Lord and have learned these things need to help our fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. Sometimes people are so defeated in their personal lives, it's a step of faith to even come to church or even turn on a broadcast and sit in their home. It's a step of faith for them, let alone casting their care. Listen, Jesus always met people where they were, and then he would bring them up to their level. That's how we help each other. Many don't know how to cast their burden on the Lord. Many don't know how to deal with their burdens. Many don't know how to open their heart to the Lord. I am so glad that we have a church 
full of people that help other people. Many don't know how to ask someone for help or for prayer. Tonight, if you're watching this, or wherever you are, whenever you're watching this, all over the world, when you're watching this, realize this. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask somebody, hey, listen, you know what? I am just having trouble right now, and I know God's my answer. I know faith is my answer. Help me get in faith. What do I do? It's okay to ask for help. Some of these issues are just not fixed as you alone worship God or you alone read your Bible and get in the Word. It's worship and the Word of God along with help from others. We obtain these things together. We're going to get through this together. We're going to get through everything in life together. In other words, church, you are not alone. And if you're sitting there tonight and you don't know God, man, contact faithfamilyomaha.org. Contact us. We'll help you. What we're about is reaching people and changing lives. Church, tonight, you be Jesus to your world. People are afraid. People are hurting. They don't know how to open their heart to the Lord. They don't know what to do. This is why we lead them to Christ. And once we lead them to Christ, then we lead them into coming to the knowledge of the truth so that people can walk in victory. A very critical time, whether you're at church or whether you're around believers, it's that time before the service. If you're in a home, it's that time before it starts. It's that time after church is over to where you touch each other and you, and you minister to each other and help each other. See, it seems like a contradiction, but if you go down to verse 5 of Galatians chapter 6, it says, For every man shall bear his own burden. Now in English, it's, both, it's using the word burden twice. But in the Greek language, it's a different Greek word for burden. This burden that it's talking about is just the normal amount of responsibility which every man carries for himself. His own children, his bills, different things like that. We're to bear our own burden, but if we see a brother or a sister in Christ being crushed by a burden, we're to help them. So now let's review. We've gone through 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and verse 7. It says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, that he may lift you above your circumstances in due time. You do that by verse 7, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. So now, let's look at a key scripture. We're going deeper in this subject on how to cast your care upon the Lord. Look at 1 Peter 5, verse 8. It tells us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. This verse tells us what the effect is 
on a believer who chooses to carry his own care by himself. It tells us that there is an enemy and he's walking around and he's seeking whom he can devour. So let's break this down. Be sober. This Greek word sober literally means to think clear, not like someone who's intoxicated or drunk. See, when you're drunk or intoxicated, it literally affects the way that you see, the way that you hear, it affects the way that you feel, and it affects the way that you think. God is saying, I want you to think clear. I want you to have your feelings in the proper order so they're not moving you. He wants you to be able to think clearly, hear clearly, see clearly. And then it goes on to say, be vigilant. This Greek word means be ever on your guard. Be alert. It's the Greek word Gregorius. Be alert. Be ever on your guard. Why? Because you have an adversary. Who's the devil who's walking about seeking whom he may devour? So we got to think right. We got to hear right in order to think right. We've got to believe right, but we've got to hear right and think right in order to believe right. And we have to believe right in order to walk and act right and speak right. Be vigilant. Be ever on your guard. See, this word in the Greek language is only used if someone is coming to do you harm. So it's saying, listen, somebody wants to harm you, so think literally, be vigilant, be ever on your guard, be alert. Being sober and vigilant is a function of your will. You choose this. So tonight, church, choose it. We're sober and we're vigilant because our adversary, now we need to realize our adversary, the devil, let's break this down. Adversary is a masculine noun in the Greek. It's the Greek word antidikos. It means one who is violently opposed to righteousness. See, we always call the devil his name. But his, his name is also an adversary. He is violently opposed to righteousness. And you've been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. He comes against righteousness. One who is against acts of righteousness. One who violently opposes righteousness. And then the word the devil, our adversary the devil. It's the Greek word, it's an adjective, it's diabolos. It's used with the noun to, to literally tell us how our adversary operates. Diabolos. Dia. It means to penetrate through to the other side of something by abolos, by throwing something blow after blow after blow. We learn from other New Testament scriptures that what Satan does, how he operates, is he comes, your, your mind is the battlefield, and he comes to your mind and he will throw thoughts. 
you're not going to make it. This is not going to work. You don't have enough money. The sickness is getting worse. You're going to die. What's going to happen to your family? He'll throw these thoughts blow after blow after blow for the purpose of penetrating your mind because he knows your mind is the control center. It's a picture of somebody who's throwing a rock at something, at an object, over and over until he penetrates through it. Realize this, that our adversary is the devil. Our adversary is never people. Our adversary will use people, but they're still not our enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are never your problem. He's the problem. And we have authority over him. Because you're at, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. As a roaring lion. So, so let's talk about this. Be sober, be vigilant. In Ephesians 5, verse 18 and 19, it says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled, or in the Greek it would read, but be being filled with the Spirit, verse 19, speaking to yourselves. And it goes on to say, psalms, hymns, spiritual song, songs, speaking, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. But I want you to see this. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself. You'll know when you're be being filled because you're going to be speaking. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This is why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. This wonderful gift that is subsequent to getting saved, to where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And now the initial evidence that He's come upon you and you've received this baptism is you have this wonderful prayer language where now you pray in an unknown tongue, but the Holy Spirit is down on the inside giving your spirit utterance and you are praying the perfect will of God. It builds your faith up. It, it causes you to give thanks well. It brings direction. You're praying out the perfect will of God in your life. The Bible says don't be drunk, but be filled with the Spirit of God. In other words, when you're under the influence of alcohol, it changes your outlook and makes it wrong. But when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it changes your outlook so that you see everything clearly. When a believer is under the influence of cares, he becomes like a drunken individual. He's not hearing right, he's not seeing right, he's not thinking right. He's like a drunk. He cannot see, feel, think, or hear right because he's under the influence of this care that is crushing him. How many times have you got mad at your kids or your spouse because of some inner turmoil that's in your life? When everything's going good inside of you and with you, man, I'm telling you, you know, you could, you could handle a lot of stuff. It's not even an issue. But when you have inner turmoil, 
when you're being crushed by something, you tend to take it out on everybody else. God doesn't want that anywhere in your life. See, when, you, when a person is under the influence of cares, it affects and tears his emotions. We don't want that in our life because we can't see right. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it tells us that we've been made the very righteousness of God in Christ. Therefore, you know, we know Satan hates us. He's going to come against us. He's going to come against our acts of righteousness. He's going to come against us when we try to do what God's called us to do. But church, we have authority over him. So let's continue with verse 8 here. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil... As a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. Our adversary, the devil, Satan will throw thoughts over and over and over in your mind to penetrate your mind. He does this because he knows your mind is the control center. Satan knows if he can penetrate your mind with a lie then he can control your emotions. Then he can affect your self-image and negatively manipulate all of your relationships because you're living with your emotions torn. Once your mind is penetrated, he will flood your mind with lies and mind games and everything gets very confusing. Satan knows that your imagination was designed to help your faith. God told Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. He told him to meditate in the word day and night so that he would observe himself doing all that was written in the word. How do you observe yourself doing the word? You do that with your imagination. Satan wants to control your imagination because all your behavior comes out of your imagination. And if you're seeing things wrong, and if you're not thinking right, all of a sudden you'll start having a picture in your imagination of you living contrary to the Word of God, of you staying sick, of you staying broke. And it'll affect your life in a negative way. This is why you got to learn how to roll your care over on the Lord. In other words, Satan knows if you can see it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, then you can receive it. And he doesn't want to you to receive anything from God. Hold your finger in 1 Peter, but look at Mark chapter 11 as we look at verse 22 and verse 23. Mark eleven twenty-two says this, And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Look at that. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. The word of God says, he shall have whatsoever he says. In other words, God is saying, you can have what you say. In other words, there is a heart-mouth 
connection. If we get our mouth speaking out of our heart what God has given us, then our faith is able to bring substance to that which we are expecting. So that's why I speak the word of God out of my mouth that I believe in my heart. Because that's how everything, that's how I walk by faith. That's how I receive everything that God has given me by his grace. So Satan will try to fill your mind with his lies to produce a wrong image until your mouth speaks in agreement with the wrong image or lie. This allows Satan to steal, kill, and destroy. It's the only way he can do it. Let me say that again. Satan tries to fill your mind with his lies in order to produce a wrong image until your mouth will speak in agreement with that wrong image or lie. This opens the door and allows him to steal, kill, and destroy. But this is what we do. We get our mouth speaking out of our heart what God has already given us, and then our faith is able to bring substance to that which we're expecting. So now let's jump back to 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Let's talk about the roaring lion. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. As a roaring lion, he's going to be very loud. When the enemy lies to your mind, this is the way it works, guys. When the enemy lies to your mind, it starts with this suggestion. Well, I, I wonder why this is not getting better. It's just a real peaceful sound. Just a suggestion, not harmful. But then, if you allow that suggestion, which is contrary to God's word, if you allow it, it will grow into a whisper. And pretty soon, he'll be whispering to you, this is not working out. This is not working out. But it's just a whisper. If you allow the whisper, it will grow into a voice. And pretty soon he'll be saying, you're not good enough. You don't deserve this. You're, you're never going to be able to lay hold of this. He'll start talking to you. And if you allow that voice, it will turn into a roar. Where these thoughts, have you ever seen it? Where it's like a machine gun. Those thoughts are just coming at you, hitting your mind. And it's a roar in your mind. You're going to die. This is not going to work out. You can't do it. You're alone. God doesn't love you. It, see, it always starts with a suggestion, grows into a whisper, grows into a voice, and will become a roar. He's got a big mouth, but here's the good news. He has no authority. No authority. When he's roaring in your mind, it's only because you let him, and you don't have to let him. What happens when, you're, when he's roaring, your emotions are so enraged that you cannot hear, think, see, or feel right. Why? Because you're being torn. What, how that shows out in your worry. You're, you're worrying about something. And then Satan has an open door to devour you.
Verse 8, let's look at it again. Let's look at this seeking whom he may devour part of this verse. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Verse 8, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. In other words, Satan cannot devour anyone that he wants to. He has to seek who is going to let him drop the thoughts Who's going to let him whisper, talk, and ultimately roar? He can tell it because it's the person who's being crushed by the care. Realize this when you talk about spiritual warfare, and, and our warfare is not against Satan. He's defeated. Our warfare is to stay at rest. Our warfare is to keep our eyes on Jesus, to not let anything distract us. So mental preparation is 90% of spiritual warfare. You have to make these mental decisions in your life before the storm starts. Very important. Before the storm starts. See, you got to realize that as you obey the Lord, that can tr trigger an attack. Here's the other one. If you're not obeying the Lord and you're carrying all the cares, guess what? That can trigger an attack. In other words, he's always looking for whom he can devour. You know, if you look at a lion, who does he go after? When he's, when he's looking at a herd of antelope, he'll go after the one that's getting away from the herd. It's falling behind. It's the weaker one. It's the slower one. He doesn't go for the biggest one. You had to realize that in Christ, you are already victorious. Ephesians chapter 6 in verse 13 and 14, it tells this little phrase. It says, having done, to, having done all to stand, stand therefore. You have to prepare to stand. Satan is the big option giver. And guys, it's time for us in the church to make some decisions in our life and remove some options. It's not optional to read your Bible. It's not optional to meditate in it day and night. It's not optional to put God first in your life. Listen, we're living in dangerous and difficult and strength-reducing times. There's, there's, there is an adversary out there and he wants to destroy your life and your family. So it's time to get rid of the option of, well, I, do, I go to church when I want to. No, no, that's not optional. God says don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. It's not optional to have God as a peripheral anymore. The stakes are too high and I gotta tell you, they're gonna get higher. But in the church, it's going to get more glorious for those who will make that decision. The Bible says in Romans 12, 2, that we're transformed as we renovate our mind with the Word of God. Romans 8, 6 tells us to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. See, a person who is not devourable is a person who has taken their thought life captive to the Word of God. 
So I want to show you a story in the Bible, in the Gospels. It's in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at verses 24 through verse 27 that talks about this preparing to stand. It says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, this is Jesus talking, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Verse 26, And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Building your house upon the rock, the rock is Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. The sand would be building your house upon this world system. Trusting in your job, putting the things of this world before God, it's sand. The Bible says, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house that was founded upon the sand and it fell and great was the fall of it. Notice the same storms came to both. But the difference was what they put in themselves before the storm came. Jesus is talking about being prepared. See, many times the devil's attacks are because of our actions. Whether they're, we're serving God or whether our actions of just not. We must build our lives on the foundation of the Word of God. We must build our lives on the foundation of Christ. So now stick with me here. We're coming down to the close of this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. We've really broken this down now. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. So now let's finish this up. Verse 9. It says, whom, this is what you do with Satan, whom resist steadfast in the faith. This word steadfast means you resist him strong and steadfast in faith. And you do it with a heart attitude of knowing that the same afflictions, this word afflictions means the same sufferings, the same tests, the same trials, the same pressures, the same influences are accomplished or performed in your brethren that are in the world. See, we stand steadfast in the faith, knowing that, listen, all over this globe, all over our church family, everybody's going through the same thing. Satan's come at us the same way. How you do this, how you do verse 9, is by doing verses 6, 7, and 8. You humble yourself. You cast the whole of your care on the Lord. You do this because you're sober and you're vigilant. 
In other words, I must stand in the place that God is with me right now, that he loves me, that he cares for me, and that he will see me through. The Bible says the greater one lives in us. The Bible says whoever's born of God overcomes the world system. The Bible says if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Why? Because his eyes are always upon us. His ears are always open to our cry. And if we know that our, that our God hears us, we already know we have the petitions we've asked of him. All the promises of God, child of God, are yes and amen. Hallelujah. Well, I pray that this word blesses you right where you are. Oh, I pray that your sleep will be good tonight, that you'll get rest. I pray, I pray for you that you make some decisions with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the strength of God. If you're not walking this way, to walk this way. If you need help, get help, but get those cares rolled over on the Lord so that you can walk in the peace of God, so that you can walk in the strength of God, so that you can walk in the love of God, so that you can literally walk by the faith of God as you are led by the Spirit of God. Oh, I love you so much. I'm speaking for my wife, Jeanette. We love you. We long to be back with you face to face. You know, we've heard so many reports of how good our church family's doing during this time. Church, I believe we're growing. We're increasing in every way. I believe miracles, healing, signs, and wonders are happening right in your life right now. So be encouraged. You are not alone. 